0: he lives and because he is alive let's sing the great song because he lives I can face tomorrow amen let's sing it together say praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's only because he lives that I can live. Well, if you're saved this morning, put a smile on your face, notify your face that you're saved and turn around. Tell somebody you sure do look good this morning and the Lord loves you. All right. Tell somebody that this morning. Let's fellowship for a little bit. good fellowship. If you could, when you get through fellowship, and go ahead and find your place and go ahead and be seated. And I'm going to give you a few announcements this morning, most of them concerning the revival this week, but we definitely got a busy October even after revival. So first things first though, uh, do we have any visitors today? First time or second time visitors? We don't want to embarrass you. We do want you to fill out a card though. So if you're a visitor, raise up your hand until you get a card by the Gary's got a card for you right there. Anybody else? First or second time visitors? All right. Let me say on that note, uh, we need to bring people this week. Amen. People can't come if they're never invited. Amen. And it finds 86% of people said they would be willing to go if they were personally invited. So we can do all the send outs and the mail outs and all that. But still, the best way to do it is word of mouth. And so to help you with that, we have uh, invite cards and invite door knockers on the table back there. Please take some of those and invite people this week. Amen. Uh, we want you to come back for a revival. Brother Herman is going to do it good. He's going to shut the corn, as we say in the country, and he's going to do it good today. Amen. And uh, we got we got food for you today. we got free chili. We have a chili cook-off and cornbread cook-off, and uh, we will give you instructions at the end. Uh, so please plan to stay and eat today because we got lots of chili back there. And then we also have taco soup. And one other kind of soup if you don't like chili, all right? So we thought about a vegetable soup. So we've got something for everybody, and uh, we will give you instructions on how we're doing all that at the end. And uh, we're going to do that in the Fellowship Hall, so please plan to stay and eat with us, all right? Uh, so revival starts this morning. Uh, all week long, we'll give a free movie ticket to all visitors and whoever invited them. So please be, feel, uh, be sure and fill that card out, because that's how we will mail you the movie ticket. And uh, then um, come back tonight. Uh, Services will be at 7 o'clock every night. Now, I know tonight, I did not know this until yesterday, there's a certain football team (laughs) that plays football tonight. So that concerned your pastor. Because I know y'all love the Lord, but I also know many of you love the Cowboys, and you question which one goes first (laughs) and second. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) <laughs> so, here's what we're going to do. I called our trusty AV guy, Mr. JT, there. I said, Brother JT, how hard would it be for us to stream the game after the service tonight? And he said, Brother Mark, we can make that happen uh, because he's the man. Amen. All right. So, come on tonight. No excuses. And then we're gonna, we, we got popcorn and candy back there that we use on movie night. We're going to drag that out. We'll give you some popcorn and candy. And we will have uh, cowboy viewing after the service tonight, all right? Uh, I know it starts at 7, uh, but you, you don't need to see the first part anyway, all right? So uh, come tonight. Uh, the food trucks will be here each night from 5 to 7. So you can show up anytime from 5 to 7, eat the food truck. We will have desserts and drinks in the Fellowship Hall, and uh, it will be a wonderful time every night. Invite somebody to come with you, okay? So come on tonight, uh, 5 to 7, come get your food, eat that seven o'clock we'll have service and then after service we'll watch the Cowboys all right Um, let me make sure I'm not forgetting oh and then uh, youth night is on Wednesday night so we've always made youth night Wednesday night we always have a, a house full of youth on Wednesday night anyway but we're gonna see if we can make even double that all right so here's what we're gonna do young people we're gonna give you free pizza we'll have the food trucks for the adults but we're gonna feed all the kids on Wednesday night free pizza and then we're going to give a $100 cash prize to whoever brings the most visitors. Amen. So uh, so we're going to have a lot of youth Wednesday night. We also have a guest worship band coming in that night called Ladder Rain, and they are excellent. They are wonderful. I've run sound for them before, and they are excellent. And So they will come do us some praise and worship, and uh, we're just expecting we won't pack the house that night. Amen. Um, already told you about chili cornbread cook-off. We'll give instructions at the end going to give $100 for the best chili and $100 for the best cornbread. Um, and uh, then not after we get through with Revival, not far after, in fact, two weeks from Wednesday night, we will do uh, a fall festival here. So we're already collecting candy for that. We need you to sign up for that. There's a sign-up sheet on the table over there. We need lots of volunteers, all hands on deck. But uh, bring candy if you could. We're collecting all that. And then last but not least, a movie night, October 29th, at six PM, we've been doing uh, watching the chosen, and uh, so we'll do that on October 29th. I think that is everything I had. So, if you would, let's stand. We're going to continue to worship. All right. One, two, three, four. Come on, put your you? it? Bless Blessed be the name of the Lord. today and we say thank you lord thank you you've been so good to us better than we deserve and lord we just praise you thank you for this time of worship thank you that your presence is in this place god and i just want to pray god for brother herman god as he comes in a moment god would you just use him incredibly this morning i pray that you would fill him with your holy spirit i pray that lord you would give him not just any message but the message that we need to hear this morning and I pray that you'd use him as your vessel, not just this morning, but, Lord, all week long. God, use him in an incredible way. And may we, your people, be faithful to come and be here to receive what you want to give us all this week, God. And I just pray that, God, you would move in an incredible way. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and pour out because none of this means anything, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, pour out your presence on this place. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering. You can be seated. We have a children's church this morning. Miss Cindy's going to take the older kids over here to the children's building. So older kids here, younger kids over there. And I'm going to ask if you need to go to the bathroom now, I want to give uh, Brother Herman our undivided attention. So if you need to go to the restroom, now is your time, all right, uh, before Brother Herman comes up. But uh, give our kids and our kids' workers a big hand if you would. They do such a wonderful job with our kids. Well, Brother Herman Kramer, if you have not ever been here before, I believe, Brother Herman, are we working on our third time or our second time? This is our third time with Brother Herman, amen? And so that tells you something, that we love him, he loves us, and so he's going to come and share, and uh, I just want from Seguin, Texas, and he's really one of the last of the, uh, kind of a a dying breed, amen, if you will, I, I hate to say it that way, brother. Uh, but the last of the full-time evangelists, amen, and Brother Herman goes and does this every week, and bless God, use him, so would you give Brother Herman a big hand, if you would, as he comes and preaches?
1: Thank you, Brother Mark, thank you, I tell you, I love Mark and Julie, uh, they have been a blessing to my life, uh, we've uh, had the opportunity to work with them on many, many occasions, and I've just grown to love them, but I love you as a church as well. Uh, I was excited when Brother Mark, we were at Hill Creek not long ago, and Brother Mark and Julie was leading the music, and one night, Brother Mark said, you know, we don't have you scheduled yet, and we need to get you scheduled to come over, and I just, well, I tell you, it just thrilled my heart when he said that because I really love, love this place. You are great, great people. And we appreciate you. So much has happened since last year that we were here. Uh, but God is faithful, amen. He's still on his throne, and we just rejoice and thank the Lord in that. This is our 43rd year in evangelism. And I always hear people say, when you go out and visit, or you, and you've heard this saying as well, what does your church have to offer? You know, I've thought about that. Of course, we understand what they're saying. You know, we believe, we understand that they're saying, well, what about men's ministry? Do you have a men's ministry? What about a woman's ministry? What about a youth ministry? What about your children's ministry? What about your outreach ministry? Uh, What about your music ministry? And they go on and on and on. But, you know, I think the most important thing that we could ask is not what kind of a ministry we have, as much as is Jesus in the house. Because if Jesus is not in the house, the house is not worth going to. The Bible says, except the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. And so it is him that makes a difference. I like what Brother Mark just prayed a moment ago uh, when he said... Holy Spirit come and without you we're nothing and that is so true Uh, we can go through the motions we can have a lot of activities we can have a lot of programs we can do a lot of things to draw a lot of people but if Jesus is not in the house it's of no avail and that's one thing that I love about this place is that Jesus is in the house Uh, you can feel the freedom of the spirit in this place Uh, You see the reaction of God's working in people's lives. You know, for 43 years, that's what I live for. Uh, Last week, we were in Temple, Texas, and we saw a mother and her daughter uh, come to a a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The week before that, we were over near Colleen, and we saw a husband come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what it's all about not so much our activities but what does god do in the midst of our activity so if you have your bible today i want you to turn with me to the book of mark and i think this is a very good description of what happens when jesus is in the house in mark chapter one beginning reading in verse 21 and i'm reading from the king james version it says and they went into Capernaum and straightway upon the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and he taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Have thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? That even the unclean spirits obey and immediately his fame spread throughout the whole regions round about Galilee. What a tremendous passage of scripture. It gives us a beautiful description about what happens when Jesus is in the house. Now I know that we're living in the latter days. I believe that with all of my heart, and I realize that today that a lot of people are moved by emotion instead of by spirit, and what really changes our life is not so much emotionalism as much as it is about Spirituality. What happens when Jesus is in the house? The first thing I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture is that people will be amazed at the words of Jesus. They'll be amazed at the words of Jesus. Now, we know the importance of the Word of God. We know the Bible says over in the book of 2 Timothy, when Paul was talking to young Timothy and, and he made this mention in the fourth chapter. He said, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, the dead, and the appearance of his quick. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season, Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts, they shall heap themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall turn unto fables. We understand that we're living in that time in many people's lives today. That people want to hear, but they want to hear what they want to hear. See, when I became a pastor, I thought when I pastored, I I thought all I had to do is open the Word of God. Take scripture just like I'm taking it this morning. Go verse by verse and just explain what is being said and that everybody in the church would be happy until I became a pastor. And then I realized that everybody wanted truth as long as truth didn't pertain to them. Hello? You see, when I preached about faithfulness, it wasn't those people that were faithful that got angry. It was those people that didn't want to be faithful. When I preached about so winning, it wasn't those men out there in the oil field that were winning their co-workers to the Lord Jesus Christ and bringing them to church on Sunday morning that got angry. You know who it was? It was those in the church that didn't want to be so winners. When I preached about tithing, Whoa. It wasn't those that gave week after week. that got angry. It was those that didn't want to give week after week. But I'm more convinced today than I've ever been that you and I don't need partial truth. We need whole truth because sometimes the very truth that we don't want to hear is the very truth that we need to hear the most. The Bible said they were amazed at the words of Jesus. Now, before we talk about that for a moment, let me just remind you something here. I want you to notice the example that Jesus set before us. Now, notice what the Bible says. Jesus went to the synagogue. Now, over in Luke's gospel, in the fourth chapter, is the same story, but it's kind of worded a little bit different and a little bit better. In verse 31, it says, and he came down to Capernaum the city of Galilee, and he taught them upon the Sabbath day. In other words, the Sabbath was important to Jesus. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that Jesus went to the synagogue. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. The church is important. We need the church. Amen. We need to be going to the church. I believe in the church. The Bible said that Jesus so loved the church that he gave himself for it. I believe in the fellowship. I believe in the gospel. I believe in the church. I believe that every Christian needs the church. But I want you to notice something else. Jesus not only gave us the example that he went, but notice what it says. Let me just read it to you in Luke in the fourth chapter, verse 16. And as he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue upon the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. Isn't that amazing? He not only went to the synagogue, but as his custom was, he went to the synagogue. You know what that means? That means that I believe that if Jesus was faithful, we need to be faithful. Oh, we're living in a time today, folks. Listen to me. And you know that the church doesn't mean what it used to mean in so many people's lives. I've had people tell me, say, well, preacher, you know, I work all week and and you know Sunday and Saturday and Sunday's my only day off, and and you know, I mean Sunday's a day that we spend time with the family and we go do this and we go do that. Let me tell you, the most important time you can spend with your family is in church. The church. Is important. And the Bible said that Jesus went to church. He went to the synagogue. And then notice thirdly, the Bible said, and he taught. And he taught. Now I realize, as I stand here, that not everybody is a teacher. Wouldn't you agree with me? But here's what I will say: that even though that we may not all be teachers, we can all be Listeners. See, that's important. That's what's so important about the church. That's what's so important about the fellowship. You may not have the ability to teach, but my friend, when we come together, we all have the ability to listen in order that we can grow in the nurture and of the grace of the Lord. And so, the Bible said that the people were amazed at his words. Let me show you something about his words now for just a moment. First of all, the Bible said that he taught powerfully. I like that. Powerfully. I tell people all the time, if the only reason you came is to hear me, you're not going to get much. But if you came to hear a word from God, I promise you, I promise you, you will not remember everything that I preach. But I promise you that when you leave, you will remember one thing that I preach. Because the word of God is powerful. What does it say in the book of Romans chapter 1? It says, for I am not ashamed of what? The gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ for is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. You see, the gospel is important. Why? Because the gospel is powerful. The gospel is powerful. Is so powerful that it can change lives. And not only change lives, it can encourage those that need to be encouraged. It's powerful. And then the Bible says, in that scripture that I read a moment ago in the book of Luke, what is it in, in verse 32 and, 32, 32 and 33, it says, And they were astonished at his doctrines, for his word was with power. His words were with power. Jesus taught with power. Well, we need that today. Amen. Not only did he teach with power, one thing that I learned about Jesus' teaching, the truth, the truth, biblical truth, will either get you right or get you out. Now, listen to what I said. Biblical preaching will either... Get you right or get you out. Because here's the thing. A person cannot sit under biblical truth and not be affected. You think that for a moment. It will either get you right or it will get you out. But you can't sit under biblical preaching without being affected. So Jesus' is teaching had power. Let me give you the second thing that I see in this story, and that is simply this. Not only will people be amazed at the words of Jesus, but people will be changed by the work of Jesus. Now, we see in the story here of a man with an unclean spirit. And so the Bible says that Jesus rebuked him, and the unclean spirit came out, and they were all amazed at that. See, Jesus is in a life-changing business. Amen? I'm glad, and I've said from this pulpit before, I'm glad I'm not the person that I was at 28 when I got saved. Because I'm not the person that I was. I am the person that I am. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. The places I once went, I no longer go. The things I once did, I no longer do. Why? Because Jesus Christ made a difference in my life. The Bible said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. So Jesus is in a changing business. I like that. You know, that's the hope. That's the message that you and I have to share, that no matter where a person is, no matter what a person has done, no matter how far a person has gone, there's still hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. That he can take those chains of bondage and break them. And that person can be set free. Boy, how many of us in this room right here can remember? And to some of us it hadn't been that long ago. But how many of us remember how that we were shackled in the bondage of sin and we kept turning over those leaves and turning over those leaves and we would say I'm going to do better I'm not going to do that anymore and immediately it seemed like no time those leaves were blown right back over and we were doing the very same thing that we said we wasn't going to do anymore until that day that we met Jesus and all of a sudden that chain was broken and we were set free See, that's the wonder of the work of Jesus. All of a sudden, people say, well, how did you do that? We didn't do it. God did it. When all of a sudden that you and I, who were in bondage of sin, lost in darkness, came to the marvelous light to realize that Jesus not only saves, but Jesus changes a person's life. And there are many people today that are troubled all around us. You know, I spend the majority of my life, week after week after week, going from church to church. And I'd be honest with you folks. We could talk about all of those people out there that are hurting outside of the walls of this church. But the truth of the matter is, we have people right here in this room that are troubled and going through difficult times tonight. And if he doesn't answer, there's not going to be an answer. He is the one that does the work that sets people free from where they are. There's still people that are lost. There are still people that are caught up in habits and, and, and things in their life that they know that they shouldn't be doing, that they want to change, and they keep turning over a leaf and turning over a leaf and that old habit. Keeps blowing over and over again and you keep going back to it and back to it and back to it. And you want to quit it and you don't seem like that you can quit it because you've tried to quit it and it doesn't work. And what you really need to do is just come to Jesus yeah. to simply say, Lord, I can't do it. Lord, I've tried and I've tried and I can't do it. But God, I believe it. All things are possible to those that believe. And, God, I'm just going to turn it over to you. And, God, you know my heart. I don't want to do it. I know that it's not a good testimony. And, God, I shouldn't be doing it. And, God, I want to be free from it. And I know that you are able to set people free. And so I give it to you, Lord. You see, that's the only answer. And people will wonder at the work in what God can do. I tell people all the time there's no good in me you know i i i'd be honest i my wife said that used to be the problem i was too honest in the pulpit but i I, you know i tell people i'm grateful for people that that say kind things to me i'm grateful for people that write kind things on facebook about me and all of that and and that but but folks let me be honest with you there is no good in me there is no good in me my very is filthy rags in his presence. The only goodness in me is the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am what I am, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And I give him all the glory and all the honor that I've learned as Paul has learned. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live, but it's not me that liveth, but it's Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave me. When I came to the cross, I died at the cross. Oh, I live, but it's not me living, it's Christ that is now living in me. And the second greatest verse in the Bible is when Paul said, I die daily. See, that's a problem with so many Christians. You've never learned how to die. Oh, you came to the cross and you died at the cross, but you never learned how to die daily in your life so that Christ can reign and be victorious in your life. And when that happens, people will be amazed. People will be amazed. Just a couple of weeks ago, I went to the valley to to hold the services for my nephew, 54 years old. And, boy, I mean, being at an early age like that, I mean, there was a great group of people that came to the funeral. And I heard people say, you know, they came up and they said, you know, I just want you to know, you know, we're so proud of you, but I remember what you used to be. Wow. You know what I used to be. Wow. See, I don't even try to remember that. Because I'm not the person I used to be. The Bible said that Jesus took my sins, washed them whiter than snow. He took my sins and scattered them as far as east is from from the west to remember them no more. If he's not going to remember my past, why should I remember it? You see, I've learned to live. It's not me. So the Bible says that that not only does he he, he meet the trouble, but he comes to there to transform those that need to be transformed. Well, some of us need some changes in our life. Be honest. We look good on Sunday, but how do we look on Monday? We look good at church, but how do we look on the job? Well, some of us need to get serious to simply say, God, I want you to be magnified in my life, not just one day a week. I want you to be magnified every day of the week. People will be amazed at that, just as they were amazed at the difference that Jesus made in this man's life. I would rather have a building with one changed person than a 100 people that's never willing to be changed. Jesus changes lives. The third thing that I want you to mention is simply this. Not only will they be amazed at the word of Jesus and the work of Jesus, but they'll be amazed at the wonder of Jesus. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, and they were all amazed, and so much that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this new doctrine is this? And with authority coming He, even to the unclean spirits, and they come out of him. And immediately, his fame spread abroad throughout the regions round about Galilee. So I want you to notice how the news traveled. It traveled fast. Immediately, it was spread abroad. You know, what's sad today is it seems like sometimes bad news travels faster than good news boy it's amazing you know for an old man like me internet and all of that you know if i have trouble with my phone or computer i i I take it to a church and i find me about a six seven year old i say (laughs) here's the problem And they'll go, okay, here it is, you know. And they get all the bugs wiped out of it, you know, and do whatever it needs to do. You know, technology is amazing. Isn't it amazing that you can just put something there? Instantly, it's, it's everywhere. You know, I mean, it just blows your mind. It blows your mind. You let something bad happen in church, and I'll tell you, before noon, it's all around town. But how eager are we to talk about the good news instead of the bad news? I used to tell my people, I know this overwhelming here, I used to tell my people for every one thing you could find wrong in our church, I can name you 10 things that's right in our church. And I said, isn't it amazing some of you, you just can't wait to share the one thing But the other ten things nobody ever talks about. I said, isn't that amazing? That we remember what we ought to forget and forget what we ought to remember. There's more right than there is wrong. You know, I'm not a politician. As a matter of fact, I'll just be honest with you. I just flat on I didn't know anything about Israel until last night. I don't watch the news, I, you know. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. But, folks, I want to tell you something. As much as people want to complain about this country, this is still the greatest country there is. Thousands upon thousands are crossing the border every day just to get in this country. And if it wasn't so good, they wouldn't be wanting it. So let's talk about what's good with the country. Let's talk about what's good about the church. Let's talk about what's good about what God can do. The miracles that God performs. Well, God is good God. Amen. I could tell you miracle after miracle after miracle. I mean, you know, I don't want to hear about your miracle 40 years ago. Let's talk about a miracle that just happened. What is it? I stood in the pulpit Wednesday night. Wednesday night. And I told the church, I said, I'm preaching a message tonight that I promise you, I promise you, it's more to me than it is to you. I said, every word that I'm preaching tonight is to me. I need this message. And I preached on faith. And I talked about regardless of what we see, we're not moved by what we see. We're only moved. By the Word of God, I talked about no matter what we hear, that we're not moved by what we hear. We're only moved by the Word of God, and I just kept hammering down, hammering down, hammering down. Let me tell you why. Because this may be something that you can say I test true. I got a call. I've been dealing with M.D. Anderson on some medicine. First call I get, they tell me they say it's very expensive medicine, and your copay is going to be thirteen hundred. I think it was thirteen hundred eighty dollars. I said, "Ooh." I said, "That much?" They said, "Yes, sir." They said, "We'll see what we can do, but just be prepared." Wednesday morning. I get a call, and they said, Mr. Kramer, we made a mistake. Your co-pay will not be $1,300. It'll be $2,400 a month. A month. I said, ooh. You know, I guess I'm going to see the Lord sooner than I thought. <laughs> and, I, I, and they said, we're working on it, Mr. Kramer. I, OK. I, hung up. I preached the message on Wednesday night. Thursday morning, I get a call. You know, I don't reckon I got this number in my phone. Amen. <laughs> I get this call. They said, Mr. Kramer, I said, yeah. They said, We've been doing a little work on your account and everything. So we just called you to say that there will be no copay. Thanks, Everything's taken care of. Wow. I told her, I said, thank you, Jesus. I see you maybe a little later than I thought I was. (laughs) But here's what I'm saying, folks. God is a good God. God didn't come in order to put us down. God came in order to pick us up. And sometimes that which God does, we just need to share it because it can be an incredible encouragement to somebody else. You say, Brother Herman, that ain't happening in my life. Well, my friend, I want to tell you something. God's ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts, and what God does in my life. God may be doing something bigger in your life that you're not even seeing. See, God loves you today. And I just close the message by saying this. I, I don't know. But maybe there's somebody here today that needed to hear the truth. And let me tell you the truth. I am talking about the biblical truth. Here's the truth you need to hear. You don't hear anything else, you hear this. Watch this. All. A-L-L. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. That's all of us. Everyone in this building. But in what man could not do, God did when he gave his only begotten son. And he died upon a cross for your sins and for my sins. And the Bible says that whosoever cometh to the cross, asks for forgiveness, and calls out on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And if you've never been to the cross, you've never been saved. There's only two people in this room. Saved and lost. That's it. And if you have never been saved, I want to tell you today, that's the greatest miracle that will ever happen to your life. Amen. You needed to hear that. And maybe you've been thinking about it and you've been putting it off for the days a day. Why? Because he's in the house. And he wants to transform your life. And maybe you're here today and what God wanted you to hear is simply that there's not a need that God cannot meet and there's not a problem that God cannot solve. But as long as we're in the way, there's no room for God to work. Well, God, this is what I think. God said, I don't care what you think. Well, God, this is what I'm going to do. God said, I don't care what you're going to do. It's not about you. It's about me. And some of you need to get out of the way and let God have it. I don't know. It may be a habit. It may be a relationship. I don't know. But I promise you, you know, you've been wrestling with it for a long, long time. And it's time to give it up. And then there's somebody here today that needs a church home. We couldn't have a group this big without somebody here. I don't know who you are. I, I know about, I could say, probably five people that I know that are members here. That's a small percentage, so I don't know everybody. But if you're here today and you don't have a church home, I want to tell you something. You couldn't find a better church than what this church is. You couldn't find a better pastor and a pastor's wife than Mark and Julie. You couldn't find better music. You could not find a man that stands and preaches the word any better than what brother mark does you need to become a part you need to become regular so i don't know what god wants to do in your life but you do and i'm just going to ask you to let god do it okay let's pray father thank you for your word thank you for simplicity god we thank you for your truth lord you said in your word you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free Lord, I pray today, that if there's somebody here that's not saved, that they would come today. Trust you as their personal Savior. I pray if there's somebody here today that needs a church home, that, Lord, that they would come and say, Brother Mark, this is where God wants us to serve, and they'd become a part. And, Lord, I pray today, that if there's somebody here that just needs to turn something loose in their life, I don't know what it is, but, God, they do. They've been wrestling with it for a long, long time. And God, it's time for them to turn it to you, over to you. So I pray that they would come today. So, Lord, we give this service to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're going to sing an invitation. Brother Mark will be here. I always have an invitation because I believe in commitment. An invitation is nothing more than a commitment. As You commit yourself to do what God wants you to do. So let's stand. Julie's going to lead us. Come on.
2: Whoa. To Jesus I surrender
0: God is good, Amen. Brother Herman, thank you. That's good preaching. I don't know if you recognize it or not, but that's good preaching, Amen. And I know you want to get some more of that. Uh, the band's going to come. I'm going to ask the band to come, and while they're coming, I'm going to uh, just uh, give you uh, some instructions on uh, on lunch because we hope everybody is staying to eat with us, and uh, this is a lunch for you with chili and cornbread, and I think we've got taco soup and. Uh, vegetable soup for those who don't like chili, but we're going to ask you to—we're going to uh, we're gonna let you be the judges. Um, and uh, I am smart enough to know I don't want that responsibility put on me uh, to pick the winner. So, uh, so you're going to be the judges. So, uh, the instructions are: when we uh, say Amen here in a little bit, uh, I'm going to send you down the hallway to the fellowship hall, and uh, they have all the chilies and all the cornbread set out. I think they're numbered, and. Uh, You'll be given a cup and a spoon, and you can kind of try them all, and uh, then you're going to vote so that the winner is on you and not on Brother Mark, amen, because this ain't my first rodeo, amen? So uh, so you get to vote. You get to choose, and then uh, here's what we're going to do. Tonight at 7 o'clock, we're going to have another service. Uh, we're going to have the Cowboys streaming afterwards with free popcorn, candy, and Cowboys, and uh, we will announce the winner tonight. Now, brother Mark, that ain't fair. This ain't brother Mark's first rodeo, amen. I know exactly how this works. So you got to come back tonight to find out who the winner. We will tabulate the winner, the winning votes uh, this morning after you get through eating. Uh, but then to find out who won, you got to come back tonight. All right? And that's how you do that. You got to get everybody back tonight. So uh, we're gonna. Uh, we always end with a praise song, thanking the Lord for what He's done. Um, I think we're going to sing. What are we gonna sing this morning? Oh lest Jesus paid it all for us. Amen. So uh, let's sing together, and uh, then we will uh, pray over the food, and I will send you to the fellowship hall. Let's sing together. for the day Father we love you God thank you so much we praise you Lord and I thank you as that psalm says Lord you paid the debt God you didn't know it we owed it but I thank you so much Lord we praise you the one who paid the debt for us Lord I thank you nobody in this room just as Brother Herman is so put so well today none of us in this room deserve you there is nothing good in any of us except you And so it's the goodness of God. And I pray that if we don't take anything else today, we take that away. It's the goodness of God that changes our lives. It's the goodness of God that moves in our hearts. and It's the goodness of God that gives us salvation and gives us freedom from sin. We praise you, Lord. I pray that you would bless this food now. And, Lord, I pray that, you, God, you would bless the whole rest of the week. Be with tonight. Be with Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. I pray the house would be full. Let you people come back. God, Lord, let us all open our mouth and go home and invite somebody. Somebody needs to be encouraged. Somebody needs a church home. Somebody needs salvation. Somebody needs to come back to you. We just ask you to do all of that. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right. So the instructions are uh, we're going to go down the hallway, get your cup and your spoon. And uh, pick a winner, all right, and fill your gut up while you're at it, all right. There's also desserts in there. I forgot. uh, Drinks and desserts included uh, with everything, all right. God bless you. You're dismissed.